Hello, and thanks for joining me for the Aerospace Unplugged podcast, brought to you by Honeywell Aerospace. I'm your host, Adam Kress, and this is your behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. On this episode of Aerospace Unplugged, we're going to talk to the editor-in-chief of Aviation Consumer Magazine, Larry Anglisano. Larry has worked as an avionics technician and a test flight pilot and writes for several top aviation publications. He's going to tell us a bit about his background and give us his views on the new Honeywell Anthem integrated flight deck. So let's get right to it and hear what Larry has to say. Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Adam. You know, it's it's kind of weird. Usually I'm on the other side of the microphone and the camera, and now I'm joining the other side. But appreciate you having me on. No, no, I appreciate it too. I'm I'm a I'm a um, a reformed reporter, so I'm going back to my old days now. Right, I get to ask the questions, but I appreciate it. Let's get let's get down to it here. Um, tell me a little bit about your background, and and a question I love to ask people is, uh, how how did you first fall in love with aviation? Well, I was a I was a pretty young kid and uh, was smitten by aviation at a at a young age, you know. And when I was a kid, we used to take uh, vacations to Florida, and uh, I would sit on an Eastern Airlines 727. I remember it was whisper jet uh, service from uh, Newark, New Jersey, down to Fort Lauderdale on a record amount of time. And ever since my first airplane ride uh, on an airliner, I knew I wanted to fly, and uh, I held on to that. Uh, that aspiration and uh, went to college and got a uh, couple of degrees in aviation and it all took off from there. And I started flying when I was, well, younger, uh, younger than 15 and then soloed when I was able to solo and, and uh, work through my ratings from there. So it all started when I was a young kid. Wow. That's excellent. Um, tell me about then how your career was, was launched. I know, um, you were a test pilot for a while and then have, have kind of moved into aviation journalism. So, so summarize for our listeners kind of the, the journey you've had. Well, I started out uh, out of college as, a, as an avionics tech. I was a green avionics technician back, uh, must have been uh, late 80s, uh, 89, 90 time frame. And uh, I was, uh, always liked electronics and I was intrigued by aircraft electronics. So I joined up with a small avionics shop and, and started my career there. And some of my early uh, projects were in the experimental market. I remember designing, laying out uh, panels for a fleet of um, uh, Lance Air 4 airplanes that a uh, guy was building. And uh, that's sort of where I started. And at the time it was, Loran C was the big avionics uh, kick. And then it was uh, kind of slowly merged into GPS, but uh, so, yeah, started out basically designing instrument panels and layout and then uh, did some test flying from there and then started out as uh, progressed through uh, a couple of different shops and ended up as a uh, avi- avionics tech. OK, so when you were a test pilot, then were you um, w- what kind of things were you testing to take me through some of the experiences you had there? Well, it was a it was a bunch of different things, you know. It was it was post installation flight testing, uh, uh, lots of field approvals that required uh, testing, and uh, towards the latter part of my avionics career, I was uh, doing a lot of uh, post installation fly offs with the owners. They would come pick up the airplane after it was down for an avionics install, and I would I would do the shake shakedown flights and and um, and put the new avionics through the paces and. Uh, 
ended up doing a lot of flying with a lot of interesting people and a lot of interesting airplanes. Well, it sounds like to, to some extent when it comes to avionics, you've probably uh, maybe not seen it all, but seen a heck of a lot. Um, and that leads us kind of to, uh, to Honeywell Anthem, the new integrated flight deck that just debuted um, just a couple months ago in October. And I know you had a chance to, uh, to get a demonstration at NBAA. So what were your initial impressions of these all-new avionics? I did. It was NBAA in Las Vegas, uh, I guess a couple months ago at this point. And I was helping a colleague, Kate O'Connor, do the filming for the uh, for the demo and uh, the first time I had seen the system and uh, I didn't quite know what to expect but I was pretty impressed because it was boldly different than anything I've seen and I uh, was pretty impressed but from the time I first laid my eyes on it quite frankly what was it what was it about it that kind of um, you know what was different or better to you well, the first thing that, that came to mind was uh, how big the displays were and the fact that they were bezel-less displays. And um, uh, for those of, those of you who haven't seen it, uh, these are large displays without bezels. And uh, what I found interesting was a automotive approach to, or modern automotive approach to avionics design. And if you look inside, uh, you know, some of the latest and greatest automobiles, particularly stuff by Tesla, uh, you'll see these big bezel-less screens and uh, taking that automotive approach to an avionics uh, standpoint was pretty intriguing to me and uh, it was pretty easy on the eyes. From a pilot's perspective then, um, I, I know Anthem is designed um, for, for everything from GA to um, new UAM type vehicles that'll be flying in the next few years um, to business jets and then eventually um, to airliners. So how do you think um, th those, those touch screens and those bezel-less features will be um, kind of uh, welcomed or accepted by different types of pilots based on the aircraft? Well, I think the, the main focus these days is uh, going to be on safety, especially when you start talking about single pilot operation in a complex airplane. Um, you know, we've, we've already got uh, emergency auto land from Garmin. Uh, we've got uh, some uh, other high-level, uh, high mounts of automation in Anthem, from what I've seen in the, in the demo. Uh, and some of that includes uh, protection for uh, runway overrun and uh, just an increased sense of situational awareness by what you're seeing on those big screens. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword. A lot of automation can also mean a lot of pilot overload. So I think the feature set has got to be easy to use. It's got to be intuitive. And there has to be what I say, several ways to skin a cat. There has to be multiple ways of getting the system to do what you want it to do without getting hung up in, in a deep uh, menu structure. And that's one of the things that impressed me uh, in the demo that I, that I saw on, on the Anthem system. Okay, excellent. So um, it, it, let's talk about um, Anthem's potential specifically in the GA market. I know that's been one over the past, you know, decade or two that's been primarily dominated by Garmin, but how might this change things? Well, it has. There's no secret that Garmin has dominated the market both in a uh, forward fit and retrofit, uh, both as an OEM standard and and in the field as 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 retrofit. Um I think uh Honeywell's got some got some work to do to uh to change that. I think uh, that the typical buyer 
whether it's a new aircraft, whether you're spending over a million dollars for a single engine piston, or you're spending $50,000 to retrofit your old 70s vintage Cessna, pilots want options. And um, I think the market, and listen, competition is good. And I think buyers want more options when it comes to avionics. We've seen uh, we've seen some more competition in the retrofit world with other manufacturers. And uh, I think if Honeywell can can scale the anthem down to uh, uh, to the retrofit level, I think it'll be welcome. You had mentioned um, that that you said competition is good a, a minute or two ago. Um, let, let's dive into that a little bit more. Why do you think there hasn't been more competition, particularly in the GA marketplace? And and do you think we'll see an increasing level of it? Well, I hope we do. I like to see competition and I like to see choices. I mean, hey, you know, none of us want to drive the same car. You know, we we like choices. We've got, uh, you know, in my my world, I like, you know, I like to, to choose different cars and with different electronics. And I think the, the typical general aviation buyer isn't 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 much different. Um, why haven't we seen competition? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the certification process. Uh, you know, notoriously, it's been difficult to and expensive to to earn TSO uh, and STC approval for avionics. It got easy for a while, but then it seemed to get sort of difficult again. And I'm not sure where we're going to end up as we as we get into a new year. But uh, that's probably one reason why we haven't seen a lot of a lot of competition. Uh, Garmin has had some pretty good momentum going and uh, they've got a lot of engineering experience and they've got a lot of experience earning certification for a lot of different types of airplanes. And uh, it's been a it's been a momentum that's uh, almost been unstoppable. So um, I think that's one reason why we haven't seen uh, the level of competition uh, that we we probably ought to see that we, we haven't. Okay. If we think about, um, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the future of, of air travel on, on one hand, from a commercial standpoint, um, I know that there's, there's always a projection of, of we're not going to have enough pilots. We're going to need more pilots. Um, at the same time, on, on the other side, you have these concept vehicles, um, again, urban air mobility that may end up pilotless a little bit further down the line. But if you if you harken back maybe to when you were learning to fly um, and the avionics you were using then compared to what you see in Anthem now, I know Honeywell um, really wanted to design for that next generation of pilots. And you talked about, you know, all the touch screens and things like that. Do you think that that this sort of technology we see in Anthem is going to make it easier for mo- more folks to learn how to fly? And do you think more will? Well, I think it'll be more intriguing, or at least an incentive to learn how to fly. Um, yeah, because put put yourself in a position of the typical uh, wannabe pilot that has the means to learn how to fly. Chances are they 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 drive the latest and greatest car vehicle, and uh, they're used to a world of electronics. And then they get into an old trainer or even you know something that's been upgraded, and yeah, it may have some modern equipment in it, but chances are it's not going to be ultra modern, at least not in a trainer or for starters. So um, I think a cockpit that resembles uh, an, an automotive-inspired design could be intriguing for somebody that, that's, uh, that's interested in flying, and that may seal the deal. Who knows? Okay. 
All right, Larry, I have one more question for you, a little bit out of left field here. But we call the podcast Aerospace Unplugged. And when you're not flying and when you are unplugged, what do you do? Well, I do unplug, and uh, I'm a I'm a distance uh, cyclist. I'm a bicyclist. So I like to ride my motorcycles. But uh, something that I, I I love as much as flying airplanes is music. And uh, I'm a musician, and uh, I uh, I'm a guitarist, and I've uh, been in the process with with some other uh, very talented musicians of of doing some recordings uh, that are aviation based. Our goal is to create a uh, a series of aviation-themed uh, smooth jazz uh, pieces uh, that people can put on when they fly their airplanes. You know, most of, most of the more memorable flights that I've had over the years uh, have been, been while I was listening to music. So, and that holds true to today. I uh, I'll, I'll go flying and I'll come back and I'll uh, I'll pick up my guitar and uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll create something that uh, sort of made me remember of the flight I just took, or even when I'm not flying, I'll look outside, I'll look at the sky and, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll do some, I'll do some uh, messing around on my guitar, but yeah, music is really important to me. It's as important as flying is. And uh, so when I'm not, uh, when I'm unplugged, I plug in my guitar. <laughs> Thank you good. for the shameless plug. <laughs> yes. Every, yeah. Everything is plugged here. Uh, no, that's, that's actually, that's very cool. And in, in, in a really neat way to like, merge your your two passions we're, we're gonna have to like get you up playing music in the airplane that's the next step but don't fly and play at the same time <laughs> well maybe but uh yeah so it should be should be interesting you know it's uh it's pretty aviation geeky uh, some of the titles that we've come up with already on some of the tracks that we've cut uh are all aviation based so you know like uh on top or yeah. <laughs> uh, fast taxi or yeah uh, crosswind so uh it should appeal it should appeal to the aviation geek, we hope. And uh, maybe by the time I'm retired, I'll actually have something put together. So. Well, there you go. When it tops the charts, we'll have you back on the podcast and we can talk about that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll hold you to that, Adam. All right. Will do. Will do, Larry. Thank you again so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Uh, it was really cool to learn about your career, your background, and also uh, dig into Anthem a, a little bit deeper. Okay, up next to talk about Honeywell Anthem um, is the man who's probably closest to it than anybody else. Uh, next on is Jason Bialek. He's the product line director for Honeywell Anthem, has put in a lot of time working on the development of this integrated cockpit system over the past few years, and especially over the past few months as this has gone out into the world. So thanks a lot, Jason, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So handful of questions for you here again, as, as someone who is, you know, spending his, his every day with this technology, tell us just kind of in summary, why pilots are so excited about Honeywell Anthem. Well, first off, they are seeing a lot of innovation. So we're doing, uh, because we can 50% lighter system, a lot more processing, uh, we're able to bring in a lot of safety features, advanced features that uh, we weren't able to bring into general aviation and other lighter vehicle type market segments uh, before. And uh, we're also always on cloud connected. So there's an unprecedented amount of information uh, that you'd be able to access um, through unbelievably sharp uh, 2K displays, uh, larger displays with bezel-less, uh, just a, a ton of different things to be excited about. Okay, so if, if, if you're a pilot listening to this podcast today, 
take me through the the two or three biggest things that explain why Anthem is different than what's in today's cockpits. Well, uh, I guess I'll start with the always on cloud connected. So that doesn't doesn't mean that you're running critical avionic systems from the internet. That's a common misconception. What it means is uh, a lot like we're used to on our consumer devices, things are saved somewhere where you can easily access them. So as an example, uh, when you're preparing for your pre-flight, you can access uh, remotely the information uh, on the airplane, oil pressure, fuel uh, levels, uh, oil, sorry, oil levels, fuel levels, um, tire pressure, that sort of thing. Uh, more importantly, you can save uh, windows layouts. You can uh, configure your cockpit for pre-flight, um, basically doing just about everything outside of the physical walk around on the airplane uh, ahead of time when you're in a, in a bit, bit different mindset. It's a little bit more calm um, when you're away from the airplane before you got to the airport. Um, you're not having passengers uh, or friends and family interrupt you as you're trying to get ready uh, to go fly. So you can kind of think through it a little bit more um, calmly and, and, and in an organized way. So when you get to the flight deck without an iPad, without having to bring an iPad up to the airplane, uh, you can recover, you know, the flight plan that you saved and you power up the avionics with everything basically ready to go. So it, it, um, it's really a, a different way of, of um, preparing ahead of time for, for your flights. What that allows uh, us to do is focus on what's changed uh, since you got your, your pre-flight briefing. Um, instead of trying to get all that done in the cockpit, instead now you're a lot more aware of, okay, I got my briefing an hour ago. Um, here's what's changed, and and that allows you to be safer as a pilot. Mm -hmm. So that's you know, there's a behavioral change a little bit that I guess um, you know uh, Anthem is is allowing to happen for pilots in terms of this preparation away from the aircraft during the development of Anthem. What is some of the feedback you've got from pilots? I, I would imagine they asked for this sort of thing. Well, they, they have been asking for this sort of thing for a while, and some um, uh, avionics uh, manufacturers, including Honeywell and our Epic Systems, uh, we've uh, introduced some basic uh, capability to, to allow some of these offboard things to be done ahead of time, uh, mostly around the flight plan sharing. Uh, but what we haven't done until now, uh, where we've got that connectivity built in, is allowing for uh, as many things to be done ahead of time, and more importantly, not being dependent on those personal devices, transferring that data uh, to uh, to the flight deck when you when you power on the avionics. And so, um, from a development perspective, the feedback we're getting from pilots is is really positive across the board. Uh, they all like what they're seeing, mostly because it, it just it fits more with how we operate as as humans we like to prepare everything before we get to the airplane and so this just kind of allows us to do more of that um, and from a time savings perspective uh, it, it really makes the the, uh, the time phase if you will from when you power up the avionics to when you uh, started the engines and you're taxiing out uh, a lot more uh, it feels a lot more organized a lot a lot cleaner and and a lot less um, stressful or, or time compressed. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the, the user experience and the, the cockpit displays and, and what you, what you touch and feel and see if you're in the pilot seat. I know uh, simplicity has been a big theme in the development of, of Honeywell Anthem and kind of 
only providing the the info you need when you need it. So what are some of the highlights of, of the, the UX, if you will? Well, uh, the first thing I, I like to start with is visualization and the fonts and, and colors. So um, our human factors team, I, I personally believe, is the best in the industry. Uh, we've got several individuals who spent time with multiple OEMs in that in that role, in fact, in senior HF roles. Uh, so they got to see different market segments. Um, they uh, Many of them have uh, flight experience, uh, so it's not just a... Uh, uh, you know, academic type HF uh, approach to things. It's also a practical. This is how uh, pilots can be helped. Um, so when you look at the fonts and the colors and the layouts, how uh, effective we've been with respect to decluttering the symbology and the way that's presented. And then uh, you combine that with visualization, <clears throat> which is um, a way of saying, instead of having to read a bunch of text on the display, Instead, you're looking at symbols and colors, and you're able to quickly uh, interpret uh, what you're seeing uh, without reading a bunch of text and, and fields. Um, in addition, uh, where there is text, uh, we're not we're not distracting with a lot of colors. We're giving a very high contrast, um, clear, clear, and easy to read um, presentation. Menu structures um, are flat, meaning uh, you're only going one, two, three clicks deep virtually across the board. It's very rare when you go to four clicks. Um, we combine that with uh, matrix menus, which are the same between our FMS interface and anything that pops up when you touch objects on the map. Uh, very intuitive. Um, pilot interface windows all work the same wherever you put them. We can put them uh, in any location, really in the cockpit, left or right of the PFD, left or right of the map, et cetera. Uh, for four display configurations, we can put two PIDUs in below uh, in that lower position on that single screen in the lower position. Um, and so when you think about how comfortable uh, pilots uh, are in some of the more traditional cockpits, usually that that comfort level doesn't happen until 30, 40, 45 hours in. Uh, even for um, general aviation type avionic systems, which, um, you know, we'll use some examples, some of the older uh, GPS navigators, uh, those take hours to get to get used to and be comfortable in in complex uh, flight environments, even though they're simpler. And then that those, of course, just translated into the um, mid-sized jet avionic systems we see today. And even those, as uh, simple as they can be, take a while to get used to. The way you break through that and the way you get to the to the comfort level that um, uh, I believe uh, is is achieved through Anthem as a direct result of Honeywell's. Um, highly experienced human factors team. And I, I don't want to leave out the Hue team either. Uh, we have a, a dedicated design team, which focuses specifically on uh, those cockpit layouts and how humans interact with it um, from, a, from a design, think Apple, think um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, high-end design firms and, and the differences between websites. Some websites you really like <laughs> and others are like, who designed this? Well, we've got a very talented Hue team, we call it human user experience. Uh, that works along together closely with that human factors team. And the, re and the result is um, when you sit down in that flight deck and you have that, those symbols and colors and the simple menus and, uh, and the simple layouts combined with, with that visualization, um, even very low experienced pilots become comfortable uh, uh, much more quickly. Okay. So, you know, I guess if you take a step back, and think about it, you're trying to design an integrated cockpit that is for not 
I, I mean, to an extent, of course, pilots who are, who are working in flying today, but the folks, uh, you know, young men and women who might be in their teens or 20s now that are that that their whole lives have been raised on screens and touch screens. And naturally, that would, um, you know, transition into what you see in the cockpit. So I'm curious, um, you know, from from younger folks that have maybe had a chance with the demonstrator or helped you in research, what do you hear from them in terms of that user experience? Uh, I hear that it's familiar to them because they're used to those consumer devices. Uh, we, we do have primarily touch as our as our mode of interaction with a cockpit. However, we, we will still have um, for some installations, a cursor control device uh, for the smaller, lighter weight vehicles um, that that control of the cursor will likely be through a hand stabilization touch. Uh, and and simple tactile uh, knobs. So um, a lot, even even though those newer generations are are very used to touch and gestures, uh, there still is a place for for tactile, and we plan to support that. Um, but if you if you um, look at specifically how used uh, uh, used to uh, say consumer device symbology or inter interface methods, um, these uh, even even older generations. Now that we've all been using these iPhones and iPads for who knows how long now, 10 years, maybe 12, um, uh, we're all different. Uh, it's not even just the younger generation and we're expecting to be able to do things much more quickly. And that's what that's what touch uh, offers. Um, it, you, you watch, you know, the difference say between uh, interacting with an older cockpit, um, say in a, in a, even in a GA airplane, we've got everything's federated. There are a bunch of switches. You've got, you know, five or six different panels, um, all brought together on the same instrument panel that you're trying to interface with in, uh, you know, a simple two display glass kind of, um, installation. There are at least two other, uh, avionics companies out there with those types of installations. Um, the, the way they navigate through the menus and all the buttons you have to push, um, are, are quite a bit, uh, slower than what you get with, uh, a well-designed, um, highly visual touch-based interface. So um, both for that newer generation and the older generation, as you're used to these consumer devices, when you sit down in an Anthem flight deck, you'll see symbology that um, is the same, uh, whether it's opening menus or um, going back or um, uh, you know selecting things uh, on those menus. Most often times you'll find that that's basically the same as the uh, the consumer device approach. Okay. So what is the effect that this user experience, as well as all the new advanced safety features has on pilot training? Does this complicate things? Does it make it more simple? It simplifies it. Uh, only, and so there are a couple of things there. Um, we, we simplify the basic navigation bit of it. So you don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about, okay, how do I get to this menu? How do I get to this page? Where are these things on, you know, various pages? And and uh, that's great business for flight safety and other uh, SimCom and other training uh, companies who have to essentially get you used to um, the, the complicated aspects of today's avionics. Uh, instead, what we do using that training that pilots already have, and this is also true for our deep integration with ForeFlight, where people already know how to use ForeFlight, we're not asking them to learn a completely different navigation interface. If you want to do your flight planning and including route modifications um, using ForeFlight because you already know how to do that, by all means do that. And then you just got one or two clicks after you do that in ForeFlight and your FMS is using the new plan. Um, and and so. Uh, 
across the board, we're doing a lot of different things to make sure that whatever those pilots are, are coming into an Anthem cockpit with in, in terms of experience, whether that's with consumer devices or it's with other avionics providers' cockpits or it's um, uh, just aviation experience in general, uh, you won't have to relearn things. You won't have to spend hours and hours at a SimCom or a flight safety to be comfortable in the cockpit. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, safety is always number one and priority one in, in aviation. So what are some of the, the brand new safety features that have been integrated into Honeywell Anthem uh, that we haven't seen before or only seen in, in other places? Well, um, so I'll start with, uh, even though this isn't new, synthetic vision on Honeywell systems is significantly different than other synthetic vision you, you, you see. Uh, synthetic vision is a representation of the outside world um, that um, uh, allows you to essentially see a lot like you'd see in a flight simulator what what is going on outside, whether or not you can actually see outside. Um, and uh, what's different between the Honeywell system and, say, other avionic mm -hmm. systems is the way it's presented. So high resolution terrain, uh, a very good database. Uh, which which is much more accurate than some of the other synthetic vision systems out there. And most importantly, uh, conformal uh, presentation, which allows us together with 3D waypoints and traffic and our runway and airport uh, representations in SVS and our energy-based flight director, uh, flight path vector Q to um, very quickly present a visual picture that most pilots can 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 understand so they're not having to do that that mental math when they're trying to plan um, vertical descents or um, how to intercept a final approach course or um, you know what flight path angle they may need to to be at in order to make the next altitude constraint on an approach um, into uh, you know into any given airport a mountain airport you you, you could uh, very easily with the conformal SVS that Honeywell offers you really can't do this with other uh, other SVS systems as easily um, you can fly a very precise path into a, a mountain airstrip or on a, on a noise abatement type approach um, without ending up in a situation where your speed uh, is out of control or your or your off profile um, creating a, a safety risk. Um, so Honeywell's SVS is not new, but it's significantly different than um, than our competitors, and it's it's much better for those reasons. What is new is uh, 3D airport moving maps. Uh, we deployed that on higher end jets, and we'll be bringing that into uh, other market segments. Uh, very high quality representation of the outside world, including where to, where to hold short, um, you know, taxiway signage. So if you're at an unfamiliar airport at night um, or in low visibility. Uh, you're, you're not confused, you're not disoriented, you, you know exactly where those taxiways are. Um, on that 3D AMM, we have a thing called Taxi Assist. Um, I should say that's on 3D and 2D AMM, but I'll get to 2D AMM in a minute. Um, we have a thing called Taxi Assist, which is a lot like a Google Map um, three-dimensional view of your uh, of your route. Um, a lot of folks uh, listening are, are very familiar with Google Maps and how you see your route on that. Um, Taxi Assist is, is, is like that, only um, instead of uh, basically being able to drive any road you want or the most efficient route in Google Maps, um, we have a thing uh, called air traffic control where you have to uh, follow those instructions. And so a lot of the incidents and, and accidents that occur, uh, run, runway um, incursions, uh, which is where mm -hmm. an airplane is in the wrong place, creating a safety hazard or um, ground collisions where two airplanes connect with each other because one maybe was uh, not following the correct taxi clearance. 
um, the, this path uh, is set up in a way to minimize the potential uh, for that and to make it clear uh, you know, where there may be a disconnect with what ATC uh, cleared that particular aircraft to do. Um, then we've got uh, 2D AMM, which is a, a much more detailed um, representation of the overhead view of the airport. We combine that with um, surface traffic, ADSB in and out, uh, the ability to tag that traffic so you can follow traffic either on the on the ground or even even airborne, um, and uh, 3D waypoints and traffic. So on the um, PFD, on the synthetic vision. Uh, primary flight display representation that's right in front of the pilots, you can see traffic visually without even looking at any of the data on that traffic, the distance and bearing. You can look at it visually, very quickly pick up exactly how far away that traffic is and what the what the bearing is. For 3D waypoints, again, because it's a conformal presentation to the on the primary flight display, I can take a very low experienced pilot. In fact, some sometimes uh, I've seen this with folks who don't even have a pilot's license and uh, and point out the waypoint on the display and say, hey, what what heading would we, or what track would we turn to, um, uh, to, to head toward that waypoint? And because of the way the symbology is on the PFD, even with that low experience, I, I get an answer most of the time that, that uh, virtually all the time that's correct. Um, yeah, turn left to, 250 it looks like because that display is um, is so well designed uh, so those are some of the new features um, we've also got landing assist takeoff assist engine out guidance um, and um, uh, the uh, secure cockpit browser mission manager um, we can get into maybe mission manager and secure cockpit browser when we talk about connected but there, there's just a ton of uh, yeah of new and uh, exciting stuff in this cockpit. From a broader perspective, it sounds like a lot of the technology that typically would only be available in commercial airliners or high-end business jets is being integrated into Honeywell Anthem to be made available for general aviation pilots. What effects do you think that's going to have on the GA space? Well, it's going to improve safety. So um, some... some uh, a myth out there, if you will, uh, that I hear frequently as well. That, that sounds awful complicated, and and I can understand where that, that comes from. Uh, the reality is these features, um, a lot like uh, terrain uh, alerting and warning systems before we had those in GA cockpits, um, people are like, well, you know, I don't know why I need that. I've got, I'm happy with my six pack and I've got a sectional chart and I just need to know what my what my sector altitude is and I'm good to go. Um, and then over time, people realize that these things uh, really are, are, are helpful uh, more than they are distracting or complicated. And so the same thing is true for a lot of these advanced features we're talking about that, that, that were normally reserved for that high-end business jet. They're, they're visual. Uh, it takes very little time to train somebody on how to understand um, what is being presented. It's not like an advanced FMS function or an advanced navigation function. Uh, they're they're not those types of things. They're they're very easy to use. Um, requires minimal training. Uh, highly visual uh, type um, uh, safety improving features. Um, so how it's going to change general aviation, in my view, especially let's say like a takeoff assist, where you see immediately what your margin is uh, to the end of the runway for that particular takeoff, or you get a warning ahead of time. Hey, this density altitude. Uh, that we're seeing, uh, we, we don't recommend taking off, or you see that your trim or configuration flaps or, or other aspects of configuration are not correct. 
um, that will prevent an accident. Um, in terms of uh, how complicated, it, I'm sorry, there's one other thing on the takeoff assist, and that is for IFR departures, uh, minimum climb gradient. Um, for any IFR pilots who are listening, you, you've been there many times before where we know we have to hit a certain uh, climb rate um, for a certain ground speed in order to be compliant with an instrument departure. Well, that will be displayed uh, along with your active real-time uh, um, climb gradient that you're achieving. And so there will be no question whether you're getting the climb you need on that departure or not. And of course, if you're not, then before you uh, have a controlled flight into terrain uh, type problem and, and, and um, end up having an accident or an incident, Instead, you'll be able to make a different decision, whether that's to remain VFR over the over the top of the airport or some other decision. So all these all these safety features are not really uh, driving a lot of additional training. Um, instead, they're going to be improving general aviation safety. Okay, we, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, connectivity and, and flight prep and and all the things that connectivity allows. But one thing we haven't touched on yet is the secure cockpit browser. So tell me a little bit about what that is and what it enables. Uh, secure Cockpit Browser, uh, think of it as a, um, a uh, pilot's lounge level of information access that continues beyond the point where you step out of the pilot's lounge. Or another way to think of it is, hey, when I'm home, I've got all this access, you know, um, and then I get to the airport and I still have the access on the ground with my iPad or my phone, but now I've got an iPad or a phone that's loose in the cockpit. Um, and then the moment I take off, I, I pretty much lose that that access. Um, with secure cockpit browser combined with um, the right kind of, uh, for general aviation in particular, lower cost connectivity solution that works airborne, you, you have a non-distracting uh, uh, EFB window on the four displays that you can use to access that information that was normally only available to you on the ground. Um, that includes alternate weather sources, um, sites like windy.com. The FAA now has a pretty interesting, uh, I don't know if it's a, it's, it's a prototype, but I think they plan to make it available long-term, uh, sort of an integrated information window, including web cameras and NOTEMs and graphical TFRs and everything else, all basically in one place. Um, that type of content is accessible through the Secure Cockpit Browser. Uh, and then any web applications. So if, if um, uh, Miracheck, as an example, uh, had a, um, a version of their software that they run on iPads and Androids now available to use in that secure cockpit browser, um, you'd, you'd, be able to, uh, you'd be able to use that right there in the, in the cockpit versus having it on a separate iPad um, or, or phone. Um, and then finally, uh, OEMs, the uh, aircraft manufacturers themselves can bring in concierge service, uh, pilot support services, uh, maintenance uh, uh, information and maybe procedures and, and, and customer support type access could, could all easily be brought through that secure copy browser. It's in, running independently of the avionics. So there's no security risk in terms of, you know, somebody coming from a, a ground-based internet connection into critical avionics systems. Um, it's just not designed that way. It's architected in a way that that's, that's not possible. Um, so you get that additional access to information without um, uh, an, a, a, a security risk. Um, Jason, so mission manager is, is another feature that's unique to, to Honeywell Anthem. I know it could have distinct advantages, uh, particularly for single pilot operations. But tell me again a little bit what this does and what it enables. 
Uh, mission manager is a simple time-based view. So uh, in today's cockpits, a lot of times the waypoint list gives you a ton of information, but you're not really getting what, what you want um, as at the top level. So time to the next waypoint, time to your destination. Uh, what's next in terms of airways and arrivals versus having a long string of 50 plus waypoints. Uh, so it's a simple view of what's next in the mission. That includes automatically queued uh, radio um, uh, frequencies and charts and uh, an icon for checking weather. If you had a, a cast message of some sort come up, it would be a single, uh, single click to that checklist. Um, and so let's say that you're a single um, pilot GA type and um, you know, a typical scenario is you, you take off, you forget to do your climb checklist. In Mission Manager, you would still see that climb, chest, uh, climb checklist icon sitting there on your, on your Mission Manager timeline until you completed the checklist. Um, if you're a low proficiency pilot, you're still getting used to the airplane, things are a little overwhelming. Uh, you just simply look at the Mission Manager view and you can see, okay, I'm going to contact Tower now or I'm going to contact or I'm going to um, pull up this uh, chart, uh, which gives me you know, the taxi diagram for that particular airport. That's all front and center, uh, right in front of you. We call it bringing ta uh, task level zero uh, to, to the forefront. So um, instead of going through complicated menu structures, which we, we don't really have a lot of that in Anthem uh, anyway, but instead of, instead of going through complicated menu structures, you have a single click or a two click access to all of the most common tasks. In addition, you have the ability to add reminders or add triggers. So if you're uh, a single pilot and you want to put four or five critical items in that you don't want to forget, whether it's um, call the FBO and get your car ready or um, text passengers ETA, uh, you can set those in there. And then more importantly, with, with Forge, with Honeywell Forge, the cloud infrastructure, you can actually have those messages um, text passengers to ETA, uh, the ETA as an example, automatically trigger when you fly past that uh, point in your mission manager. So you don't even have to be distracted by some of these logistics. It just happens in the background. So it's really, uh, really a powerful new tool um, that that is a simple way of interacting with the flight deck. And it brings in that additional, um, uh, I call it coordination uh, with folks outside of the airplane uh, without increasing pilot workload. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. Well, Jason, I know in, in your career, you know, you've been a pilot for a long time. You've flown a, a ton of different types of, of aircraft. Um, Anthem is going to be the next flight deck that's going to start, you know, first appearing in a lot of urban air mobility vehicles and then in general aviation, business aviation, all the way up until, uh, you know, to commercial aircraft and then also in likely in defense as well. But, you know, tell me what the experience has been, if you could sum it up from a personal standpoint on on developing something from scratch that's going to have such a big impact uh in a word it's exciting and it's uh humbling a little bit because it it's really cool to see all the great work that the engineering teams the human factors hue teams uh all of the advanced tech teams basically this has been some of these things that are coming together in this integrated flight tech have been uh in work for eight or ten eight or ten years um and so to see all that come together so that we can change uh, the daily lives of, of pilots in multiple market segments, uh, to me, is very exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for joining us on the podcast today. Super exciting stuff. And uh, we appreciate having you on. Thanks. Thank you. And of course, thanks again to all our listeners out there. We appreciate you. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Aerospace Unplugged.